May peace be with you. If you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. The first reading today is from Isaiah 35, verse 1. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. In the second reading from James chapter 5, verse 7 through 8. Be patient, therefore, beloved, until the coming of Christ. The farmer waits for the precious crop from the earth, being patient with it until it receives the early and the late rains. You must be patient, strengthen your hearts, for the coming of Christ is near. These are the readings for today. All right, I'm just gonna, because I have a little confession to make up at the front here. Um, my confession, truth be told, Christmas has never been one of my favorite holidays. I know, I know, blasphemy me, right, right? That's why I wanted to wait for the kids to leave. <laughs> I know, it's not one of my favorite holidays. I know, I know, it's wild. I mean, chalk it up to my emotional desert of a childhood with divorced parents and depression for lack of a companion. But the season before Christmas, the one that we're in, Advent, always one of my favorites, always one of my favorites. While Christmas was often filled with awkward drop-offs or disappointing surprises, Advent gave me permission, nay, required me to be jolly. Not something I would ever do throughout the rest of the year, but I had to during Advent, right? It's what you do. I grew up going to church and remember the practice of hanging greens. We got some out there. Or making gifts and ornaments as a child. I did that at my, at my growing up church too. And lighting Advent candles at church, in community, and at home in my isolation every week. Now at that time, my family used five different colored candles. And each color was for a specific week, I told myself. Red was for love, and honestly, it's the only one that I actually remember now, um, mainly because it's not a common practice to have five different colors of candles. But I was adamant that we did it in the correct order each year as a child. You know, and now as I look back on it, I realize that the colors we had were probably just the colored candles that my dad had bought to put in the wreath. They weren't necessarily symbolic of anything, though I imbued them with that symbology. Because it was important, I thought, to light a candle and bring hope into the world, bring peace into the world, joy, love, salvation with the Christ candle on Christmas. And 
I remember wanting so bad to just light every single candle. It was hard to be patient. To light one. Well, there's four other candles there. <laughs> and you just have to wait a week. Before you light another one, like what? Why couldn't we just light all the candles at once? That's what you do with candles. You light them. Why can't we just bring hope and peace and joy and love and Christ into our world right now? Why can't we just do that? For the whole Advent season, why don't we just do that, I thought. I needed those things. I needed those things present in my life yesterday, not next week or later this month. The world was cold, the future uncertain. What if something happened before we got to Christmas? Anxiety ran high. But each year, without fail, the weeks passed. We lit another candle until Christmas finally arrived. And for one perfect moment, surrounded by darkness and fatigue, having returned from lighting candles in community at church after listening to if I'm being honest, more carols and hymns than I really wanted to as a child. We lit all five candles. That promised moment arrived. Not on my time. Not in the way that I wanted. But it had come. Nonetheless. I didn't have to force it. I had to wait and allow the time to come and then go. I remember it was always hard to blow out those candles before bed. I wanted to leave them on. Hold on to that perfect moment that I had been waiting for for so long when I got to see the embodiment of Advent's sacred blessings. But the time to blow them out would come. I had a cat. It's not a good practice to leave lit candles overnight with a cat. <laughs> and I knew that awkward drop-offs and disappointments and seasonal anxiety would all come again as we began transitioning from one year into the next. You know, but looking back, I noticed something that I didn't see at the time. Hope remained in memory. Though I couldn't force perfection, I couldn't force the sacred blessings to be manifested in my life when and how I wanted them. But I remember they came nonetheless without me having to force it. All I had to do was wait, wait for them to come. And by faith, they would come again. Peace was allowed to wash over me. Peace for the center of my being. The peace of Christ was planted like a seed to lay dormant, resting, present, 
against the elements and storms that would come in the new year. The peace of Christ was even emboldened by them. No bully, no pain, no hardship could keep that moment from returning so far away, a whole year away for a seven-year-old. But it would still come again. Lighting candles is so easy. It's the waiting and imagining of what's ahead that's hard. The what choice do we have but to wait? Science tells us that the only way to speed up the passage of time is to travel at the speed of light. And I hate running. <laughs> so we go at a slower pace. One day at a time. One week at a time. With faith that time will pass. And joy to embrace the progress and the milestones and the beloved people that we meet and share our time with along the way. Now, Dad was never into the candles as much as I was. Or maybe he was, but just stood aside and let me light them every year. Often he was there in solidarity watching me light the candles, and then staring at them. But sometimes he was not. Or he would be called away, the phone would ring. And I'd be left alone, in my dark living room. Candles, not enough burning. And I just feel that loneliness until I looked around and saw my beloved cat curled in the corner. Lament for isolation and abandonment in my sacred practice turned to love and gratitude to share another moment in the journey with one other being I cared so deeply for. And somehow that always seemed to be enough to get me through. And now, 30 years later, that love has magnified, I'm happy to say. Laura and I now light those candles each week at home. Now, except now they're the standard purple and pink ones um, instead of a grab bag of colors, and my daughter, Lily, blows them out. Hi, Lily. And my son, Luke, hi Luke, at breakfast, he wants to light the candles. <laughs> we light the candles at dinner time, we gently inform him. And when we don't light them then and there over breakfast cereal, he cries. And then at dinner, when we don't light them all, he cries. He cries for us to light more of those candles. And tonight, we will light one more candle than we did last week. And we'll be up to three. There'll still be one or two that aren't lit. 
But as time passes and we continue the rituals that have brought meaning into our lives, love grows, hope grows, joy, peace, salvation grow in our lives. My dad, who led me into this sacred practice as a child, lives in Utah. And I haven't lit the Advent candles with him in decades. But I still light them. They're just as meaningful, even though he's not present. That barren emotional desert of my childhood now sings out with joy. It didn't happen on my timetable or in the way that I would have preferred or even in a way I could have predicted. As a seven-year-old child lighting candles, I never would have predicted I'd be lighting them in a home that I own in Minnesota with two little children and a wife. I would not have seen that one coming. But by maintaining my faith and traditions into the eras as they come and go through my life, my house now sings out with joy and love in abundance. And Christmas, even Christmas, has started to be a time of gladness. As we share sacred traditions with our children and watch them get just as adamant about how we practice them year after year. So this year, in a time of political strife, in a time when our planet is hurting, in a time as our church and community imagines a new chapter ahead, may we remember the practices of our faith that have sustained us throughout our lives and continue acting them out each year, each month, each week, each day. To share the blessings of the season with all we encounter as we patiently wait for the new life to come. Amen. As a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota, St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice, make peace, and to walk humbly with God. We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, stluke.mn. Thanks for listening. May you go in peace.